0: Welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host Ben Halliburton. With me today is Duncan. Hey there, and Jeff. Yellow three is a company, so we're going to be talking about our spotlight topic, our discussion topic, which is I think I was very cutesy. All my all my suggestions are are written like jokey titles, uh, but yes, we talked about uh, deres, waifus, and best girls, parasocial fandom, and anime. Um, This is how anime uh, fans relate to the characters and to the voice actors behind them, how they shove girls into boxes so that they can talk about it on 4chan or Reddit. Uh, but we are probably going to take this in a bunch of different directions because I know I did a bunch of historical research <laughs> and I think Duncan just screen capped uh, Ben 10 from uh, the Centric no, family no, around 17,000 no, no. times. <laughs> I picked a different. I screen someone else. How dare you? Yes. Indeed. <laughs> <Dude. laughs> Uh, Okay. Uh, Well, so I came up with this because uh, so I remember on my blog way back when talking about the origin of Best Girl because it's generally considered to be a term that you use for kind of a a superlative, often underappreciated female character um, who's maybe not at the center of the action or not getting the credit that she deserves in the course of the action. Um, This originally came from the Evangelion fandom who fought over... Uh, Ray versus Asuka as best girl. Although when I went through like historical Google stuff, um, best girl doesn't really start popping up with any reliability uh, until early to mid 20, 20, Sorry, 2009. Sorry, I forgot that time has been moving forward. It doesn't really pop up with any regularity until early 2009, although uh, on Karma Burn, he's using the best girl tag on his posts as early as 2006, and there's just generally a fan tradition that it's existed since the beginning of uh, the Evangelion (laughs) sub-fandom. So and from there we have waifus which come from azumanga daio um but are largely a 4chan thing uh and we have dairies which have also existed since like the 80s or 90s um just tsundere's kudere's dandere's yandere's himedere kamidere that sort of (laughs) (laughs) uh first she's a god and then she loves you okay um But, uh, so, does someone else want to go ahead and take their angle on the topic, take this burden from me, as I always (laughs) say?
1: Go for it, Duncan.
2: Well, okay. So, like, I've tried as as with most things i have tried to sort of break this down into like a n- nicely organized and manageable uh, uh uh sort of construction and so uh, for that, we need a case study and so i <laughs> i I tried to think of something which like encapsulated everything you need to create the best best girl and uh ultimately i think as as ben alluded to uh a best girl or best boy is about a character stepping into a work and providing something that is otherwise absent be that um, uh, sort of a forward um, pressure on the narrative or just humour or um, personality which is otherwise missing but it's addressing something which the, the show otherwise would fundamentally lack and so I, I've I've broken this down into to, to three sections. Firstly, character design. Second, personality. Thirdly, performance. Um, and I think like obviously the the first thing which we notice about anything in anime because it's a visual medium is character design, and mm-hmm. that first impression we make of something. Like I, I'm sure there are people who are, who are out there who, by the end of uh, a show's OP, have already decided who their best girl is. like I, Well, they, they're they often very strongly flagged in that way, too. Yeah. <laughs> the visual language. Mm. And I think... I uh, believe. Like, Watakori's, uh an uh, interesting example of that, because it Watakoi is a story about um, two young, unconfident Ataku learning to make her relationship work as adults. And... As its title, as its full title, uh, "Love is What Is Koi, Love Is Hard for Otaku," uh, s- suggests, they're not very good at it. They're, these are two, like, kind of bumbling onjoans, and, and like Narumi, the lead female, is like this a slightly timid bundle of energy, and Hirotaka, the lead male, is kind of like this uncommunicative closed off off shut in who has like ha- this? Th- th- his visual design is great because he's got this like really half closed eyes beh- which are further obscured behind glasses and like then he's got a long yeah. fringe as well and it's, it's, it's like it's the, the most most stoic of stoic boys and it, it's it's great and those two are both new to this game they they don't really know what they're doing and both of them in their own particular ways, he's idolised their seniors in their work, uh, Koyanagi and Kabakura. And the way they're drawn, uh, th- those two seniors, like, Koyanagi is like this ideal businesswoman. She's got, like, power-suited nonchalance and, like, this knowing smile to her. And uh, Kabakura's like this sort of disheveled old haughty, and like whereas they're, they're, they they wear their confidence and like that from a character design perspective i think's really interesting like like where you have the me- the, the main boy and girl who are quite passive and timid and then you've got their supporting characters who are both really ag- their character design speak aggressively i think like character design as, as you say is like one of the First is the first thing that we make our, our judgment on. Like, and I, w- I wanted to br- to bring you guys in earlier, like when I was talking about OPs. He's like, do you think there's ever been a show where you've decided it who you like based on the OP and it hasn't, hasn't shifted despite all the evidence to the contrary since? Uh, I would assume so, but nothing really jumps to mind. I mean,.
0: Like oftentimes there will there are the OPs that are that try to be beautiful, and then there are the OPs that are that just present to you the most tropey framing of each character, so that you know that oh, this is the hime, and this is the this is the
2: tomboy, and this is the potato, etc. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, because
2: yeah. like I think one, of th- I think Watakoy was is it's one of those shows where its OP almost did better than the show itself because it, it had like a, a it's OP went viral because of uh, a really nice scanning shot of um, people making weird gestures at mobile phones. I don't get uh, people, but hand hand dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah selfie so... dancing. Is that what is that what the kids are calling it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a kid. Yeah, I I think this that and I think like that's the, that's the first step with with any fandom and its thing. It's the visual identity, both because it's presented the first and because it's the strongest. Just because this is a visual medium. There's no getting around that. And and, and it's every time you, you look at it, it, if you hate someone's character design, you'll keep hating it. And if you love them, you'll keep loving it. And I, I think like that's, that sets it up. And I think what next comes is the personality. And that can be used to either subvert or reinforce it. And I think that can also play a, a big role. Because I think the other thing which um quite often will define the best girl is that they will often play against type it will be the one who is suddenly the uh, provocator the who is pushing the plot forwards the the instigator the outsider nudging prodding like sometimes leading by example other times just screaming goddamn kiss him just like we are <laughs> and like mm. i think in watakoi Kuranagi and Kabakura fill that excellently because it's a show where you have a young couple and a, a slightly older, more experienced couple, both in terms of how long their relationship's been going on and their seniority at work. And so, not only is like. Koyonagi isn't just best girl to her fans; she's best girl to Narumi. So she's she's best. She's the best girl of the of the protagonist. The protagonist is sort of has the same sort of aff- affection and idolization of her as as the fandom does. And I think Ooh, like that. Yeah. Cool.
1: And yeah, because I was gonna say, uh, I've been watching a lot of Lovely Complex, and my favorite character in that is Nab uh, Nabata, the uh, the best friend of uh, Koizumi, the the lead girl who sort of like is like what you were saying. Like she's like the instigator and she's also sort of the audience surrogate because, you know, she, she gives her friends stage advice. And then of course, because it's a a romantic comedy, she fucks the advice up horribly. And then she just like gets mad at Koizumi in real time for us. And he's just like, thank you. Thank you. Like, you know, and it just seems like, like, you know, a fun trope in a lot of self-aware shoujo romance shows because you know on some level you know the author knows you know the moment these two get together this thing is over (laughs) and so i have to (laughs) i have to be frustrating but at the same time you know i will i will acknowledge to my audience that yes we know this is frustrating but that's kind of the point come along with us please
0: (laughs) yeah well i was gonna ask because i'm always reminded of i think it's (sighs) It's either in the Moe Manifesto or the Otaku Encyclopedia, one of those Patrick Galbraith books, um, where he interviews the guy who ran Cat for, like, a decade and asks him about, like, where Dojin come from. And he's like, and the guy says... Uh, I think of Dojin as like people people's impulse to perfect an imperfect work that they like <laughs> a lot. And his re- his his line that he always says, which I will always quote, is just like, "There's no one making a Dojin about an, an American in Paris because it's a perfect movie." And I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Okay, yeah, I, I guess." Um, so, do you think that like this sort of like best girl fixation, the like the tendency to find the girl who is pulling the most weight in the plot and getting the least credit for it, is kind of a way of redressing character imbalances in the writing or is it is it just the tendency for people to find cute girls and in some instances cute guys and just fixate on them like john does with Kaiki from from I mean, little column a <laughs>
2: little column b
1: <laughs> yeah I was, I was gonna say earlier like i think duncan gives otaku fandom in and fandom in general a lot of credit for being as analytical as he suggests they're being by saying like oh you know you know, this person is you know pulling all the weight, and I think it, for a lot of people, it's just I like that person, I identify them slash, I wish I was dating mm. them, and I just want to yeah. fixate them, and like, and like, like I think fandom here tends to fixate a lot more on pairings, which is not not like a <laughs> Western specific thing at all, but like that's the part of like weird parasocial fandom that has really caught on on this side of the Pacific. See, I, see, I disagree. I
0: feel like, I feel like they're like running joke in science that's supposed to say of like Pine X, Pine X Napple being like a good ship and Napple X Pine being garbage is very strong there. While here it is, I think a lot of times about your personal relationship with a given character. That's why, like, we have this like obsession with like, you know, my waifu, Uh, (laughs) this idea, this idea that you can just like, like, if I was a cartoon or if she was real, I would want to date her, um, And I think that that has a lot more. Granted, a lot of that's because of 4chan and Reddit and being full of lonely
1: dudes. And I'm probably Um, thinking more in terms of like Tumblr rather than the West.
0: (laughs) That's true. (laughs) That is true. We like we shouldn't we shouldn't see even a single culture's like fandom, like it's it's split up as much by community as by nationality. Because mm-hmm. um, I do think Tumblr is really into ships. Uh and I think that I don't know, I think that 4chan couldn't care less about shipping characters. The work is the work and it's just that you want to like extract this character and put them into your life. And onto um, your pillow. <laughs> and onto your pillow. <laughs> To shout out to shout out to Jenny Nicholson's uh, uh, body pillow montage from her latest <laughs> video on on BronyCon, um, which is very good. A very that, that's what inspired me to get really anthropological with just like when does this stuff start, uh, where these things come from, mm-hmm. uh, because I I do think that Best Girl is kind of just a way of talking about a show's shortcomings or frustrations Mm. in a, in a constructive way. Um, but people might not perceive it that way. And a lot of it is just like, I like this character's design. I, you you listeners and you, my fellow co-hosts, have seen me do this literally dozens of times. (laughs) Like me literally just being like, is Chica the coffin princess any good? Because she's got those thick eyebrows that (laughs) I just like on a character design. And Duncan's like, Oh, it's not good. And I'm like, okay, I won't watch it. And then it's like, but maybe I
2: will watch it. (laughs)
0: Or as I call it, the Jeff. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, what you're describing is my entire ethos of
2: each year. (laughs) I I thought it was like the Twin Tails for you, Ben. I thought that was your... I I mean, so Twin twin Tails
0: and Maids are shit that I did not care about when I started watching anime. And just because they're so ubiquitous and so fetishized both in the work and in the fandom that I've just kind of like... I begin to get used to them. It's like how you get used to drinking or having coffee. <laughs> so you have it over and over and then you're drinking this. And you're like, Oh, this coffee is too sweet. And You're like, who am I? Oh, that character's that, that character with Quintails is not remotely bitchy enough. This is, this is not a very good execution of the trope. I, <laughs> I wish I had much more of a frustrating bitch character who I could be like, uh, why won't she just, just be nice to the, uh, I don't know. And then there's just like, I think of, uh, Speaking of like tsundere stuff, like uh, E Virus on Karma Burn has this Google doc that's called like the like, it's called the tsundere spectrum, where he has the Mm -hmm. five classes of tsundere, and then there are type ones and type twos, and (laughs) classical tsundere's are hostile because they, they don't like you at first, and then as they get to know you, they realize you're a good person and type one means that that happens and type two means they never warm up to you. And then just like all these different stuff. And he makes the aggressive claim that Asuka is not a tsundere because she just is kind of terrible to everybody while intermittently being kind of nice to a couple of people. So, uh, so yeah, there's a tendency to like, to like dissect these tropes and find out like, what's the true version of the trope. That's what I'm attracted to or drawn to or obsessed with. And what's the false version. Um <laughs> And I I do think that that kind of that uh, I mean not to reference more literature but like the like otaku database animal thing that we talked about a little while ago of just like categorizing things and this is the true thing that I like and this is the false thing that's terrible and the difference between them is imperceptible <laughs> to a layman uh, <laughs> and, like and I mean there's a there's a picture I downloaded off of 4chan literally like. Oh, a decade ago <laughs> Jesus um, that's just like that's just like your waifu is shit and it's just I think it's around it's just a, a tiled list of just like probably a hundred different characters and it's just why they suck and <laughs> I'd say maybe 20% of them are good and 80% of them are made up memes that aren't actually in the text of the of the <laughs> of, of the show just like t- tearing down people's tearing down people's fandom. I was
2: going <laughs> to say like it's interesting you you say that Ben cuz like I like I've started using D B as like my main like reference for for stuff in terms of uh of VAs and uh, production staff etc. And when you look at a uh, character's um the information around the character one of the one of the, the traits they have for characters is waifu and and yeah. and and well, and trash uh, so you can t- for instance say the Canberra is apparently 16% trash uh, they've got it down <laughs> to a, a fine art whereas uh, <laughs> that's, la- that's laughable by the way that's laughable mm-hmm. completely ridiculous <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: but yeah it's I I think like this, this desire to classify combined with this desire to see things pushed forward and that Sort of not, if not an audience insert, but or author insert, like it's it's very close to that. Like I think they're they they are often quite meta characters like that's that's the other the other one which i've seen quite a lot like the straight the straight man character the one who looks on and goes oh you're a bunch of idiots or or is quietly laughing away at them or whatever it's it's they're either a provocateur or they're or they're sort of sardonically commenting on it and like one of the reasons i picked uh Watako is because like Nagi's both she is both uh, constantly pu- pushing the main couple on to actually God damn it! You're you're adults and you're dating now. Just stop being so hung up on the things which you were as, as teenagers, as well as being someone who has made her relationship with Kabukura work. And it, but because of uh, Watikoi's choice to frame its characters as otaku and have them attend. Uh, comic-con and be into bl and have arguments about shipping they can have that those meta comments on on stuff as well so it's like get, having the best of both worlds it gets to both, both push the, the characters forward and comment wryly on them Sorry, I just realized that there is an OVA for Wotakoi that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm making I'm making a
0: note afterwards to. to I realized to find that, that,
2: and I solved that problem
0: <laughs> because that's been happening. It's been happening to me a lot lately, honestly. So yeah, yeah so yeah. yeah, and like
2: like the f- the final element for me was voice performances, and I think once again, I think Wotakoi is a really interesting example of this because I think a strong vocal performance in a supporting character can really steal a scene in a way like nothing else can it can take mundane dialogue and just suddenly your ears prick up and you go oh what what that 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 that, that, that delivery was just great and that so much energy and whatever and whatoi has this interesting artifact to it where its two main characters vAs have Less than a dozen anime between them. They're complete newcomers, and its two main support characters have absolute industry veterans. Like the uh, the lead male is uh, uh, Tomo- Tomokazu Sugita, who has is probably best known for being Kion. Kion- Kion kion kion? kion, 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 only one only one syllable. Kion. In uh Harumi. Like, like Pion, but Kion, yeah. <laughs> and also Gin in Gintama. And has like just this decades long series of lead roles. And the lead female uh, uh, sarashiro uh Miyuki, who I think it
0: Has without I've uh, hyped I've hyped her a lot. She probably has a link on one of our like very yeah. early
2: episodes and from me just dropping her name constantly. Who, dis- who despite not having many lead roles, and we'll get get to that in a bit, has had just solid standout support role after support role, and mm-hmm. the that that sort of upstaging by design of its cast, b- and playing into its. Inexperienced, experienced um, sort of narrative with its It's, casting—it's almost stunt casting because, like, it's took some. It's it has like it's a a show which is consciously about otaku, making a very overt casting decision, saying to its audience, "Look, we've we've chosen for these inexperienced people, inexperienced viewers." vas and for these mm-hmm. experienced people these sort of of industry stalwarts and like i, th- I think like that's it's, it's a, a really overt use of something which can can crop up organically like i think like like you've, you've heard me often enough just loving every uh, Satoru Arai or, or, performance that comes up and just like every time she pops up it, it's an absolute pleasure and she, she'll just steal any scene she pops into with just sheer energy and um, commitment to the role and there is Sarasho Miyuki has has basically made a career out of that is is my yeah uh, i think like she's stuck
0: no no, even even like when you say that her being like the 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 older experienced voice actress like they do that in um stella stella high school girls c3 boo the the air the one of two airsoft (laughs) that came out in like 2014 where she is the only She's in charge of a club of newbies, and all all of the other four girls are all, like, voice actresses with less than ten roles, <laughs> and then there's Sawashira Miyuki as the upperclassman who's, like, guiding them. And it's even in the ED, which, I mean, I wish we could cut in, maybe we can, the ED for C3 Boo, when she comes in, like, her... The power of her voice singing because it's one of those EDS where all the all the voice actresses (laughs) sing different parts, um, which was a really popular thing to do in the 2010s.
2: Uh,
0: But yeah, when she comes in, just like her voice and power, just like drums out the other girls. Just she's just so much more experienced, and she's had a had twenty years of well, at that point, fifteen years of training her voice uh, to be this this instrument. It is I, I love it when they when uh, producers do that when they purposely take the experience of the actress or actor into account. So
2: no, I agree. Her, her defining late career role is as Mine Fujiko in the mm-hmm. L- Lupin films, and like that that is very much like plays into this this character with like uh who who once again is is like deliberately best girlish who comes into like act as a provocateur and just frustrates and and cause trouble and uh, she's just like again and again has done that like uh in a show ben will be uh no sorry ben will be talking about in a bit she he plays Celtic. the the, the titular Duro. <laughs> well, 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 now I'm well, now I'm locked into talking about Durarara
0: for for the second half. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting because once you told, once you floated uh, in the pre episode chat um, that she just kind of is always this sort of scene stealing protagonist. I went through since scene stealing supporting character. I went through her roles and tried to find what she's done that I would consider a main character role, and it's inaba from kokoro connect but that's such a strongly ensemble piece uh again uh uh, what's her name Sonora from c3boo uh, the only two I could really find are uh, Busujima Psycho from High School of the Dead, which <laughs> none of us have watched except for Jeff – not Jeff, John, I, I think.
1: I resent uh, the implication that I would ever watch that
0: show. Uh, no, no. I would I would not be surprised if I'd said that and you're like, actually, I've watched it too. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Cartoon Network in, in the late – or whatever. Uh, but uh, the other one, uh, which surprises me because it, it started um, – she she got the role in 2018 which was after she'd had her first kid which is generally the, like, expiration date for a lot of female voice actors, unfortunately. Uh, But she was Kitaro from Gegege no Kitaro, so she did 99 episodes of that as the main character. That's
2: actually something else which uh, has come up. She she seems to be trusted to do um, voices of young male characters. Like, so she's she's done uh, a young uh, Ginko from Mushishi. Um, Mm -hmm. And, like, notably, it's not like a... A, a great show but like like um like one of my one of these bad shows which i quite liked uh back in the day was um i'm so curious what it's gonna
0: be yeah. guess, Onigai guess, guy twins? guess. It, it's owner guy twins no um it's it's basilisk no it's Pony pony dash
2: no, that's not far
0: off it's kanagi <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah! Kanagi shrine maidens. I, I liked it. Yeah, it's not good. It's 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 a it's a worse uh, Squid Girl, <laughs> and Squid Girl's not
2: particularly good. So, but what I what I liked about it in that uh, like sort of like f- from from reading and f- f- finding out subsequently is she she plays the 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 lead the sort of um, the. The, the best girl of course she plays the best girl she plays the childhood friend who's in love with the protagonist who's in love with this um uh, shrine deity um but she also plays the protagonist as a child so she plays him and and uh, his love interest in the same show and so the yeah love... you can tell that producers like her because
0: she often like in science that's supposed say her main role is as is as maria the the Southeast Asian girl who's pretending to be Japanese so that she can go to school. But she also plays Kotanon, the like kind of mean spirited gag character is who's a, who's a a streamer who like like photoshops herself to look like cute and thin, but she's actually like fat and kind of rude. Um, So these are two very different roles, neither of which is I would say in her wheelhouse, but they often trust her to like do two parts in the same show, um, which is, I feel like always a risk and, Mm. Yeah, that you're like, "Oh, that's the same voice."
1: Yeah, it's just distracting.
2: So, yeah, that that yeah. is definitely a um uh, a tribute to someone who that that their the director will uh, be happy to um wait, to to like say yeah, you've got to be the the um this character and this completely different one it's it's like yeah. the, the one of the reasons the 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 male va from uh watakoi who surprised me is he, he like plays like a good 12 dozen roles in in gintama like he's when you go look at his, his <laughs> list for that it's because obviously it's a, it's a bit of a gag show he's got like a, anytime they they've got a, a character who's only in it for like half an episode they can just go okay you do that as well and he's got mm-hmm. like this list like 20 or so characters just on the same show, and like that—that's that—that speaks to it. Did you did you say you knew um, uh, uh, the gal in Kamino Todoki was her as well?
0: I didn't know at the time. This was just when I'm the, the classic thing that happens when you look up a, a really experienced voice actress. Uh, <laughs> She was Ryocho and Maria Holick, too. Uh the like maid thing. Yep. Uh just to tickle another of Duncan's
2: toes. And, and uh, she was no. <laughs> in Araka under the bridge as Maria. The yeah, the, 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 yeah she does do the the the, the twin tailed insult me or e more or or fetish for um shaft a lot, I think. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But uh, no, in Kimi ni which is a show I watched while it was airing, which was something I didn't do back in the 20, like 2010, 2011. But <laughs> uh, I it looked a lot like a girl that I was dating. <laughs> so I watched. that was whatever. Um, but like the best character in that are actually her two friends, um, one of whom is kind of this considered to be this slightly rude gal character named Yano. Um, but she's the one like the problem with Kimi K case. There's no forward momentum at all. Like the two characters are both extremely shy and extremely not in touch with their emotions. So there is no further momentum unless there is Jeff's proverbial character just pushing them together, either with advice or with hands. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and Yano is basically responsible for like the two main characters getting together. And that that's probably the first time that I was like, hey, this character's got an interesting Interesting thing going on, um, but yeah, and that's also like she play, like she's playing like a, like a, like I said, like a, a gal character. So she's got kind of the the slang and the drawl that 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 character type <laughs> often has, which is again not her. I keep it saying it's not her wheelhouse, but I kind of have everything realized her really, wheelhouse. Don't really know what her
2: wheelhouse is. <laughs> Whatever it's she damn That's that's yeah. the answer.
0: A man is the room he's in, so to speak. <laughs> Uh, well, how about you, Jeff? How do you relate to the fetish- fetishization of anime characters and the actresses who give those
1: performances? I'm going to cop to admitting that I am usually sort of like voice blind when it comes to performances. And it's very, very rare that I actually pick out the fact that somebody is like somebody else in another show. Or, like, and usually when that happens, I'm just wrong after I look it up. Uh, <laughs> a, a notable exception being uh, the actress you were just uh, talking about. Um, but I. Uh, Satomi Arai or Miyuki Sawashiro? Oh, shit. I don't know, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, i say okay, yeah. Miyuki Sawashiro. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm also just awful with names. But I, I. I don't know if I latch on to the best girl so much as like, I enjoy usually like, you know, the best character. Like I have a I have a weird habit of relating to characters mostly in the sense of like how they fit into the story or into the ensemble cast. And so I end up latching on to characters that everybody else seems to hate. Like I will, I still say that like, uh, Nadekou Sengoku in Monogatari is the best character. If, even if she's not, she's not, you know, she's definitely not the best girl, but she's, you know, I, I I like the characters that have a lot going on and like really attack your sense of like, you know, either like, you know, do a lot to either, lampshade things because i like meta garbage like uh <laughs> uh navita you know being that obvious audience insert to relieve the pressure of just like you know you realize you're watching a shoujo show and you're and you know that's them just kind of like a tip in their hat to you and it's it's that more than anything else that it really makes me latch on to that as my favorite character and mm. the like um it's i have a you know, maybe this is just like my own weird psychology, but I have a a hard time, especially with anime, relating to characters as people because they are so clearly constructed with tropes. Like you were saying, like, you know, like there's like visual indicators of who they're supposed to be and their role in the show. And, you know, everything is it's it's so well, you know, it's so constructed and, you know, it's hard to separate them from the overall work as Mm -hmm. just being like an individual and it's it's, so uh, that's that's just like you know unfortunately i don't have a lot to add to you know the weird fetishization (laughs) aspect of it but
0: (laughs) no i mean that's fine i i do think that you're the best kind of contrarian a lot of the time jeff um (laughs) where you see that people don't like something and you kind of want to like go back to the the like the foundation go under the foundation with the flashlight and sort of a home improvement metaphor and just like find out like is there like what's the reason and if you just go from first principles like is there something for you to appreciate in something and i do think that if you've got that sort of philosophy then yes just like the twin tails trope like being like oh this girl is going to be like mouthy and kind of unpleasant and maybe a little bit like rash and dumb um is might be just like not really grab you that much. I mean, that's why I enjoyed Sailor Moon so much because they were using a lot of the visual indicators, but because it's relatively early in like anime's golden age, it hasn't been codified that twin tails means all those things. And Usagi is the character of twin tails. And mm-hmm. she is the, she's a, a fucking mess. Just like an absolute mess. My God. It's amazing that they, that they let her be in charge of anything. Um, <laughs> So so I understand that. I mean, I just there's just so much anime out there. I'm always I always appreciate being just like given a hook for watching something, because I feel like if I didn't have these tropes to navigate both the fandom and the body of work, I would end up in these kind of like decision locked spaces where what do i watch <laughs> nothing is really appealing to me but i can instead be like i want to watch an anime with the twin tails and then go through what i what i have downloaded or bookmarked <laughs> and go from there uh which is not it means i watch a lot of bad stuff um <laughs> we're probably we're probably not going to be talking about uh uzaki chan but like man that show's not good yeah. <laughs> i think that's not true it's it's occasionally very good but um, uh, i
1: appreciate your I, I, your Your martyr's role in the show because I end up liking half the shows that you hate. So. Yeah, I'm
0: very worried when we're going to talk about the third season of Snafu because I think it's. It, I thought it was building towards something, and now it seems to very frantically reset the stakes, and I'm kind of bored. So
1: I, um, we'll talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we could we could talk about that because I'm 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 in danger of franchising myself with Snafu just like I always oh, oh, am. No. Um, oh, and just to, uh, to go back to my weird meta obsession, I've been watching Monthly Girls Nozaki kun and that entire show is about people in shoujo manga being translated into the real world, but in ways that are not expected. And it makes for a really, like, you know, there's lots of characters that, you know, they they fall into the role of, you know, the traditional role of, you know, a romantic character. But, you know, like the bratty best friend who is kind of a show-off and kind of a, you know, a uh in life is the one that Nozaki, the, you know, the titular... Author of the monthly shoujo anime that the show is kind of like revolving around uses him as manga the model not anime
0: important oh yeah, yeah the manga yeah
1: you're right um, uses him as the model for the heroine and
0: her as the model for wait
1: sorry yeah, oh he, sorry no yeah, it's, it's
0: reversed he uses a guy for the girl and a girl for the guy yeah.
1: <laughs> and, so. and 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 you know the whole show is just about this you know the girl who loves Nozaki her just her image of everything sort of shattering in front of like this the sort of disappointing reality of the people who are involved it's it's very fun on that in that sense for sure
0: yeah it's just cuz it's cuz Nozaki is is so is so unromantic and has no social skills or interest in acquiring them. Yeah. Um and and operates kind of to call us out for what we've been talking about operates entirely off of like internalized tropes of shojo yeah. manga. Um and just oh uh, I I was I I brought this up because I literally was talking about like how much I hate getting a gift that i don't want because i'm a bad person and lack gratitude um <laughs> but just like when he when he's when, he, when he she approaches to confess to him and he signs he signs uh an autograph and she's like oh hey kind of cool and then she like really steals herself up later in the episode and tries again and he's like oh here's another autograph and she's just like yay Yay! This is exactly what I wanted. Hooray! Another autograph. While well, she's like trying not to cry. Oh, I love Nozaki Kun. Too bad John's not on here. He would he would be gushing too.
1: Oh, I'll definitely be talking about it again in the future. Don't worry about that. <laughs>
2: Good. It's it's interesting that it that's a, a very meta one. And once again, it's its lead male and female have a. L- ex- a lot in in common with um Watakoy's lead male and female like if you like one is has a uh short uh, uh sort of gingery pink head, uh, uh uh energetic female lead and a stoic uh glass uh, stoic male lead and the other has exactly mm. the same and i <laughs> wonder if like that some says something about otaku like they like either they w- like uh, w- once again going back to going more back to the the side of this. I think we haven't talked about the the waifu side, the dark side of, yes. of the fandom, <laughs> is that I think m- maybe in these these shows, like Attackers, see themselves as the Hirotaka the Nazaki, the the emotionally stunted one, and they they want the manic pixie dream girl of. Um, this This hyperactive uh, female character as the uh, t- which they have seen in other shows and think oh that 's what I need I need this this person to give me what I lack. Except life, well, life doesn't work see, like for, that. No, well, it doesn't.
0: Unfortunately, <laughs> I mean, or fortunately, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, but like when I'm looking at this at this meme and all the reasons that they they shoot down why these are why these waifus are good waifus, uh, the ones that aren't made up largely just involve a sense of romantic rivalry with the other characters in the show. <laughs> um so I do think that like it's kind of a weird metastasization of best girl status, of they want the anime the anime character that no one else likes, but they they understand and they like her. Um and that makes them worthy of of get having their feelings returned. With I do think that there is this idea of just like complete completely just literally being in a romantic competition with a bunch of other (laughs) fictional characters. Uh, So yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very odd sort of, sort of thing. And I, I like the idea. I don't know. I don't have any problem with someone, someone waifuing, whatever waifu waifu, but it's still just kind of a weird dynamic. And oftentimes while best girls provide healthy debate, waifu is a matter of personal opinion. And so it just, Causes flame wars that go nowhere. And, <laughs>
1: and, All right, so uh, here, here's here's a, a stumper for you. Uh, oh, Tomoko boy. Kuroki from Watamote, best girl or waifu?
2: What <laughs> is my answer? Uh,
0: she's not the best girl. Her fucking friend who tries to who tries to
2: rescue her from her own <laughs> awful attitude is is best girl. Like I, I'd say if any anything's a cautionary tale that well, that the answer is neither, I'd say that, that she is is that cautionary tale.
1: And yet there is every like if you look up any like stuff about Watamote, there's always going to be people in the comments saying, I wish I had an opportunity to, to help this girl. Yeah. And like, she's rescue and she's, her
0: from the anime she's in and bring her into your love.
1: Yeah. So, which is what she's designed to be as, you know, from the ground up. So, mm. you know, and even,
0: and even a recognize, even Four fortune uh, recognizes this because she is on the chart. And the reason that she's a shitty waifu is that she's a incarnate slash a, the, the the anime sub subforum. That <laughs> she's just like she's just you. She's just a gender swapped you, yeah. you pathetic loser. So <laughs> not that I'm quoting anything 4chan says approvingly. Uh
1: but it's clear yeah. it's been clear
0: there. Broken clocks
1: being right twice a day and all that. It sounded
0: like I'm 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 closing this tab on my browser. Done. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I I don't know. Is it are waifus good or bad? Are, are best girls good or bad is putting is stuffing girls into tsundere or kudere, a girl who is um, cold to you and then she loves you, or yandere, a girl who tries to kill you and then she loves you. Are these are these bad boxes that limit the fandom or is it a way that people have a shorthand <laughs> or a, an additional avenue for engaging with with uh, these works?
2: Uh, yes.
1: <laughs> I mean, all of the above is is, is, a, is a good
2: way a, to like I, I I like I think one of the, the phrases I associate with Jeff is telling on yourself. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. do any of us have any waifus? I think we would we, be we've we've addressed that we do have best girls girls, but will any of us confess to a waifu?
0: I mean, I don't think so. Probably, if you asked me five even five years ago probably, but I've gotten a lot more of a I've gotten a lot more distant from anime <laughs> and a lot less like codependently engaged with certain works. Um there are characters I really enjoy and would all would, would always like to have to have more of them, but it's not like when I used to watch like Yamato Nadeshko's Shichihenge slash the wallflower and the main girl there who i can't remember her name because i'm just bad at having podcasts and knowing about anime uh but uh but uh, no i i it's sunako because every girl who's kind of like weird and gothy has to have a, a sawako sadako <laughs> joke going on mm-hmm. yeah sunako um like 5 years ago 10 years ago i would have been like yeah she's probably like waifu ish for me but now like <laughs> I engage less with characters and more with works. I'm headed towards a, a, Jeff, a Jeff place. So. <laughs> right, so it, was, it, was, it
2: was Jeff's wife who is probably uh, a mech, let's face it. Let, <laughs> literally, all <laughs> metaphorically. No, she's in the room. She's right over there. No. <laughs> that's that's too wholesome we've just got to cut now it's yeah i think we should i think we've kind of unless you've got something you want to
0: confess like the thing is like now if i were to wife it would be fucking it'd be fucking wakako from wakako Zake. like that that girl's awesome i want to hang out with her that's the kind of life i want go after work have a have a beer and some stir fry watch her sigh happily and you that's
2: kn- it and, you, and once again we... you know who th- who plays that <laughs> oh yes, yes. <laughs> she's
0: everywhere Good shit. All right. She also
2: plays like half
0: the characters in, in Space Brothers too, which is kind of weird. <laughs> uh, I heard a lot of her. It's always funny when you watch a show and then you watch another show and it's the exact same. Like uh, <laughs> Iraha from uh, Snafu Season 3 is Kaisei from Eccentric Family. Mm. And so she keeps talking like, who is that voice? And I'm like, I've seen that, but that's what I'm thinking of. I've seen that, but that's what I'm thinking of. There we go. That's that annoying. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. That's that character's performance. She used the same performance for Snafu. <laughs> Nafu and for Kaisei from Eccentric mm-hmm. Family. It's a good performance. So yeah, like, I think that there is a lot of extra pleasure to be derived from paying attention to vocal performances like that and watching, um, watching actors that deliver the same performance every single time. And it's just nice to see someone who's that in control of their voice mm-hmm. um, versus people who are chameleons like Miyuki Sawashiro is. And they can play anything. They can play a an old woman. They can play a they can play a little boy. So, yep. yep. Actually, my wife who's Misato from Evangelion. I just remembered that. That's <laughs> someone who's not getting the appreciation she deserves. It also seems like a fun time. I mean, not near the end, like pre-apocalypse. She seems like a fun time um, to hang out with.
1: <laughs> yeah, and also Sendai Gahara. if I'm going to be honest. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, any, like, I think that the Monogatari series is specifically designed to evoke waifu feelings with every single character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's part of its, its harem game that's playing. It's, it's, trying to, it's trying to tempt you to uh, identify with Ira Ragi by making all the girls, like, plausibly waifu material. That would not surprise me as something that Nisio Isen and Shaft are making. Yeah, And it's yeah. the sense I get, at least... So that's been our uh, our ninth Monogatari tween, uh,
2: <laughs> and, and and despite it, Ben, I didn't I didn't actually mention the eccentric family once. You've mentioned it more than I have. And I know I'm trying to bait you, and it's not working. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got Ko Aggie. I, I don't need Benton for this section. It's it's fine. Benton's a bad character. She doesn't have an arc.
0: <laughs> I got I got close. I got close. <laughs> Help me Jeff. <laughs> now let's go let's go to break. Let's go to break and then we'll talk about what we've been watching. I don't want to hurt Duncan too badly. <laughs> talking about some anime that we've been watching one each Mm -hmm. one by one and my one is um, which apparently wikipedia tells me even though it sounds like it's the sound of a motorcycle it was just a nonsense series of characters that the the creator just happened to make up that happened to have a sound like a motorcycle in an anime where a motorcycle is a very important plot element Mm -hmm. anywho i finished that weeks ago um, but it 's probably the most interesting thing that I have to talk about right now uh because I had a pretty interesting arc uh interesting the at first I really enjoyed it the first the first uh twelve episodes um where we're just dealing with the uh the the initial mystery of the stolen head and these mysterious characters walking around and finally it ends with the amazing scene of um, what's his face, Mikado uh, sending out a text and like everyone in the crowd, like receiving a text and then turning on the the villain who thinks she's got him cornered. Like that's good stuff. And then it kind of begins to build out the other characters, obviously spoilers for Ra, apologies um, by having them have stuff. And I kind of began to resent how like everybody was actually super important like um what's her name the uh big titty big titty friend girl um mega neko the hanakawa of of uh dararara i i last episode i chided jeff for not having anime a, anime database open while talking about something and now i <laughs> now i am the one who is owned by not having anime database open while i while i talk about something uh Sonohara Anri Anri, yes wow, she's not even listed on the top it's always weird how anime database chooses to order its credits mm-hmm. um, yes, Anri ends up being, like, the owner of this demon sword that psychically controls everybody it's ever cut, and then for the finale, we find out that Kita Masami, the, like carefree playboy, is actually the former boss of the uh, Golden Scarves um which is like, as opposed to uh, Mikado's secret control of like online meme gang, uh, the dollars, Uh, uh, Kira Masomi's gang is like violent and actually like a gang. Uh, And he gets out of his control and then everyone gets together. And for a while I was kind of just like, it makes this world feel too small it uh it makes ekekakuro seem smaller that like everybody has an important role there are no extraneous characters there's no Isaac and Miria shit there's no um Jacuzzi's Flot. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I remember that name from Bakuno <laughs> because it's ridiculous it is um uh, there it's not it it didn't feel as much uh as like this this event that people came in and came out of it felt more like a contained ecosystem Mm -hmm. of all these important characters and that kind of felt claustrophobic to me and at the end the van gang who's always been like kind of minor characters end up being a very important thing Um, and uh, the bike cops, even <laughs> who uh, largely exist in Ra for Kelty, the Duh- Dullahan, um who rides a motorcycle to be scared of. Yeah. Uh, she like has a traumatizing experience with him and spends the rest of the episode just like during the chat room. And she's like, watch out for cops. If you're out there, seriously, watch out. They're harder than they're like meaner than you look, than they look, don't, don't fuck with cops. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, okay. It's just cause she has, she's actually kind of a scaredy cat. It's a cute character trait. Speaking of, parasocial uh feelings towards characters and speaking of Miyuki Sawashiro. Mm. But um but no, I enjoyed how it brought in all these other characters. I even enjoyed, although I didn't like how Izaia Orihara, the like information the basically omniscient information broker. Um I like how even he got a comeuppance with the goofy black Russian guy, Simon, um, who's kind of been played as a buffoon uh the entire anime like he corners him and starts speaking to him in Russian, his native language, and basically says, like, I know your entire deal and you don't fool anybody and you need to be more careful about whose lives you ruin. And Isaiah is just like, you sound a lot less stupid when you're not speaking Japanese. And it's like, oh, did you think he was dumb just because in his second language, he's not as articulate? So, yeah. I don't know. I like a lot of things about Ra and ultimately the fact that it seems to be a bit self-contained that every character they introduced ended up having a major role except for some weird random ones, like the scientist guy's dad uh, who wears the gas mask. Mm. He never really pays off. Um, And the sisters who we get in the, the second OVA never really pay off, but it does have this nice, like I said before community, everyone's just like, everyone knows each other. Everyone interacts. You have the, the Deadwood effect of just like, I like both these characters. I want to have them meet so I see what kind of relationship comes up between them. That's one of my favorite pleasures in anime these days. And Dara Rara gave me plenty of that. Uh, Watching Heiwo Jima and Kelty, they're friends because they both feel like what makes them special also makes them outcasts. Hmm. And they clearly have a a kindred spirit feeling between them, both kind of feeling like monsters um, through no fault of their own. Um, and having a a fairly gentle relationship because of that Mm. Um, i like all that stuff and i like how the show handles the internet it feels very prescient for 2010 with these chat rooms and there's not like the dollars website's just a web forum Mm. it's not like some sort of weird magical thing Um, and there's just people having fights on these like channer like threads of just like we should break up the dollars where's the leader this is dumb i'm quitting they have a running joke of one guy who keeps saying he's going to quit the dollars because the leader's not around um and then someone's like when he when they finally decide to do something he's like i'm in too and someone said i thought you were quitting he's like yeah i changed my mind so uh it feels like it gets the internet a lot more than anime circa 10 years ago did I can't believe that there are three more cores. But granted, <laughs> they waited 5 years to make those and apparently the the light novel or is it a novel?
1: Mm. Is it a light novel or a novel? It looks like that. Mm.
0: <laughs> The question for the ages is, is something a light novel or a novel? <laughs> uh, it's a light novel. Um to answer you Light novel is almost always the best bet, <laughs> <laughs> this is more of but uh, but yeah, I can't. I I know there's a lot more books, um, thirteen volumes, so I shouldn't be surprised that there's more. But the ending of the twenty five episodes, twenty twenty uh, sorry twenty six episodes, uh, twenty three episodes and two OVAs is very good, and it's it feels like an ending, and it has this whole thing of like Kita's leaving, but he's coming back, and then him being in the chat room is kind of like the symbol that like even though he's somewhere else, he's still part of like. The community that's mm-hmm. come up over the events of these episodes, I liked it a lot. Um, I think it's a lot more coherent than Bacano is. Although mm. I enjoy Bacano's highs more, and I think Bacchano is more willing to get weird than than Darabara
2: is. I've I've made um, the the argument that I I feel the, the kind of opposite to you that uh, Bacano is maybe more coherent because it has a sort of single uh, inciting incident and which ties people together rather than us like being introduced to the cast and then being introduced to their links. Bacchano introduces the, the, what links everyone together at the start. And yeah. then, then we explore or who they are. And like, we, we meet th- all these characters who are connected to that event, mm. that inciting event. Yeah. And for, for me, that, that holds together uh, stronger, but just because it's, it's there up front. But I, I can, I guess at the, at the end, the, partly just because of the amount of material that Dura does do a a great job of creating these little um, friendships. Like, I don't think there's any of the relationships in Bacchano I could speak about which have any sort of real depth to them, like the way you did just talk about uh, uh, two sort of support characters in Dura having, like, quite interesting subtleties to their relationship. Like, uh,
0: yeah and it's great when people when people find out that their friends like ah oh, your friends Hewo Jima seems like such an asshole and she's like no he's just misunderstood and like they definitely can't argue with Kelty about that because if anyone's misunderstood it's the black rider who is <laughs> variously blamed for the murders repeatedly but yeah the fact that Dorara establishes a community and then kind of just has things happen within that bubble did threaten I don't want to say it threatened my enjoyment it threatened that a that a ten out of ten becomes a nine point five out of ten for me. But I ended up enjoying the self-containedness of the of the plot and drama, even though that was at one point the thing I liked the least about it. While Bacano goes everywhere. It takes place on a train going from Chicago to to New York. And it it has flashbacks to to the to the 18th century when when alchemists are making a a, a potion of immortality. This is all in the first episode. I'm not spoiling anything about Bacchano, although <laughs> Which is yeah. the good thing about uh,
2: it. It all happens in the first episode.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, because well, because Bacchano also flirts with nonlinear storytelling. Mm. And while Dara has some unflagged flashbacks, it largely is content to to present a story that precedes a long time zero, mm-hmm. And I was worried about that when I was, when I first watched it, I was worried that I was like, okay, like having clear, like events happen in different, like historical time periods makes it easy to say like when we are, like if they're in a fucking wooden, wooden sailing ship, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not what's happening in the thirties. It's easier to keep things separated, but if it's, depicting things out of order uh, in a modern setting uh, like Dura Ra is placed in. But that didn't even end up being and seems actually to be kind of a flourish of the anime of the anime as opposed to the, the books themselves. Mm. So, yeah, Dura Ra, the onomatopoeia for the revving of an engine or, um, as Narita claims, just randomly a sound he made when his editor asked what the title of his of his book was <laughs> so that's one way i do not believe that story i think that is a classic ex post facto story <laughs> all right well speaking of shows that begin
2: with d is that really is that really our transition So all we got ben so we better make something good of
1: it yeah speaking of shows that hinge on a big misunderstanding <laughs> <laughs> yeah and which uh, like give
2: away the whole of the uh, the twist really early um <laughs> let's talk about uh, decadence which is like a very easily mi- mispronounced title for a show Um, Hmm. deliberately so obviously um so uh first episode jeff we have a uh this dystopian uh, sci-fi future where the remnants of of humanity live within this giant fortress which which trundles through the wasteland of earth fighting off hordes of giant monsters and uh, using strange anti-grav devices to sort of fly around and hunt them with harpoons, as well. And you, as- might be,
1: and you might be tempted to think, "Man, this show is really set up like a video game." But yeah. I mean, it's an anime, so you know yeah. that's one of those things that just kind of happens a lot of the time.
2: And it and it <laughs> might end with the with the, the the fortress transforming into a giant fist which punches a kaiju. Yep. And you might think, yeah, that's a bit silly for for a show and not not really a a believable thing. And and that then it cuts to a, a, a scene of, of these weird video game characters and then the credits roll. And then then we get to episode two, which is the entire thing from a perspective of
1: video game characters which is revealed that it's taking place in a post-singularity world where the last remnants of humanity are kept in this big bubble world basically for their own protection you know ostensibly but also as a form of entertainment for the singularity-fied people who now live in the information world yeah. oh who, it's a like, so
0: scrapped princess that's why Duncan likes it. <laughs> <laughs> well no, and, no, no. Like... and
1: like and because there's like you know the 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 society is uh described as being sort of like stratified there's the you know the I think they're called the gears they're like yeah. these the sort of like super people who uh, do most of the fighting against the kaiju creatures and then there's the tankers who live down in the guts of the big trundling fortress uh, sort of like the relationship between uh, the you know like the townspeople and the the un spacey in Macross, uh, where you know they're sort of the uh you know they're they're being brought along for the ride and they're sort of relegated to being you know sort of menial labor or the you know they're you know the whole society basically runs on kaiju blood which is like this like super energy dense uh material that they you know suck out with giant straws basically uh, during combat oh, oh, it's,
0: oh it's Frank's That's why you like it <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: and, and then like, everybody eats Like the meat from these like Creatures as well oh, dear. Um, And the the main character Is this young girl Whose father is killed By these monsters And who is maimed As a, a child And as she grows up She's got You know She's got like a cool Like robot hand But she's not allowed To join the You know the military Which is called The Power uh, because mm-hmm. of her disability and she, she's forced into like cleaning detail which is like sort of seen as the lowest of the low jobs uh, and then she eventually sort of like talks her way into one of these other cleaners who is secretly one of the video game people who has uh, been caught cheating, and his job is now to basically be like the Stasi for the.
2: I th- I think you're 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 the... slightly uh, a he painting K- Kabakuris. He's he's, he's arc darker than it, it is. Like it's 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 more a case of like the, the this post singularity society is interesting because it's it's they're they're all essentially AI constructs and there is a like a central committee almost which watches over them and decides are you useful to the system or are you a bug mm-hmm. and Kabakuri is very much someone who for his his career as a i can't remember if they were called hunters no they were called rankers
1: i think or yeah, yeah I guess he, like the the gears are sort of also stratified and like the top 100 gears are on a, a leaderboard and they're called the Rankers. And to stay on there is extremely competitive because if you get kicked out of there, you're just back to being an anonymous nobody. And they've found ways to circumvent, you know, the game to give themselves extra boosts. Um, and he agrees to, you know, tell his co how to do it so that he doesn't get kicked off the boards and gets caught and is forced into this role of mm. uh, like a, a bug finder, basically.
2: Yeah, and it turns out Natsumi, which is the, the girl we mentioned earlier, is a bug in a way because when she's injured in the, the first episode, uh, uh, she's presumed dead by the system. And so the reason she couldn't get into this paramilitary organisation was because, as far as society is concerned, she doesn't exist. She's she's, And so he basically takes her on because he has deep reservations over this idea that we have to just play our roles in this system. Because part of the, the reason that the, the there's this pressure on the, the rankers is that, as Jeff says, when, when you drop out, of, they're, they're like, there's, it's a very critical of capitalism. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like the whole thing is basically this preserve exists to um, keep the... All these post singularity AI people amused, and the rankers exist as almost the equivalent of streamers, I guess. Like they're the they're the people who are the best players, and their only purpose is to act as like icons for other people. And once they're not popular or they're not getting those kills, then they're done. Once they're 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 kicked out, and they're basically reformatted. They're they're. Their brain is literally removed from their body and we don't know what happens to it after that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's this interesting thing going on in that he's now spending the majority of his time inhabiting this human body, which he previously only used as an avatar for this sport. And now he's doing like the... He's chosen to... To partake far more in the day-to-day life of the tankers, than the actual humans, and I think it's asking some. In- it's starting to to raise some interesting questions of like, is like humanity being someone's humanity being part of a society, or is it like their? It's it's like it's tackling the singularity in reverse as he becomes more um, ingrained with the remnants of society uh, society instead of like the the normal science fiction trope is oh this this human has become more and more integrated with the internet and they're becoming closer and closer to who like, like the Ghost in the Shell is the the classic oh eventually the major ascends to the web this is someone mm. descending
1: from the web to humanity and that's that's an interesting. In thing, thing and well it's that it's that classic anime bugbear of what if human connections were good actually <laughs> <laughs> and i i love the fact that it did that that huge
2: reveal that 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 big about turn after that first episode so early like it's like the first episode we just have this told pretty straight until that last moment and then the second mm-hmm. episode is entirely from his his like weird iconified world and like yeah that was just such a a change and so so bold such a bold thing for them to do Uh, yeah
1: one of the the strengths something that's that keeps me in anime is just how willing it is to trust people to come along with their Mm. weird Mm. tendencies because like i i would love to recommend this show to anybody because like it's beautifully animated the Mm. action scenes are really really good like it's for the most part it's an action show there's a lot of good comedy and they you know all of these other things you know you if you were cynical you could say like oh this is just like a big excuse to have like these weird zero g like monster fights and slapstick comedy but like you were saying like you know it's it gives them a lot of freedom to do, you know, the big sci-fi questions and to to have fun with that kind of stuff. And yeah, I mean, it's it's notable that the the production staff are
2: pretty much to a man from uh, the Mob Psycho, and that is a series which this, you could easily throw the same accusations that Oh, they just want to have some nice, nice psychic battles, and mm-hmm. but no, there's, it's it's actually a was like definitely one of the, the anime of of, it, of the year for, for me last year and it's, it's just like they seem to have a really sure um sort of hand with the the way they balance these mm-hmm. incredible fights and this character development and it's it's gone from being okay i'll i'll check that out it has interesting visuals too okay this this might be anime of the season if it keeps going at this rate. It's, it's definitely hilarious. like
1: my favorite new show of the season. Nah.
2: I mean, it's com- it's competing with um, Re which is like a, a very beloved show, both by myself and like the anime community at large. And like the fact that I'm going probably th- this is still stronger for me. That that's that's high praise.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's good. I recommend people check it out it's because I as. I think you and me are the only people I've ever seen talk about it. You know, granted, I'm not really hooked into the anime discourse at large that much, but it, it seems like it a it sort of came out of nowhere for me, for sure.
2: Was it the gifts which 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 sold you, Jeff? Because <laughs> like um, I had I had a lot of fun with with that first episode because it was just so so so, so much to get. At your teeth into if you like animation, like if you if you're a big Sakuga fan, like you can just go in and ooh, that's a nice cut, that's a nice cut, ooh, that's
1: prime. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I think I was that t- took me to the OP, and I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. And then yeah, that second <laughs> episode kicked in, and I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, th- I like it's
2: it's, it's something I'm going to look forward to every week, and I think. When the show's airing, there's
1: very—it's
2: not much more you can say for it. It's like that, that, that it keeps its pacing and anticipation, and like you feel like it's still got a lot more to say. Like that's 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 the ideal thing for me for a, a fresh story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know if you want to go on to a, a, another show you've been watching, which is a, a little less optimistic and a. <laughs> but equally from an a extremely storied director
1: yeah um i have been watching the new yuasa joint on netflix japan sinks uh which came out in its entirety as series on netflix or want to do and it is it i mean i knew it was going to be good because it's yuasa and i'm basically becoming a fanboy of his work. Um, I wasn't entirely sure what I was getting into. Uh, Japan Sinks Sinks 2020 is technically the official name of it. Uh, It's based on a 1970s thriller novel uh, about a massive earthquake uh, leading to the actual sinking of the entirety of Japan over uh, the series of the story, uh, which is apparently... Based on, you know, a highly exaggerated, you know, reality of uh, because Japan sits on top of what's called a destructive plate boundary um, and where uh, like three plates sort of like conjoin and then subduct into one another. And there was actually towns after the 2011 uh, earthquake that lost significant amounts of real estate just because the entirety of the island of Japan sank. A couple of feet, um, and the uh, this show, you know, sort of like you know, asks, you know, well, what if all of it sank? And the answer is, you get one of the most interesting and thoughtful post-apocalypse shows that I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, I've seen sort of discourse on it online, comparing it to something like The Walking Dead, where you know, in The Walking Dead you know, the veil of society falls away and everybody is just instantaneously reduced to their, you know, their basis elements, you know, everybody is out to get everybody else. It's just a vulgar war of all versus all. Whereas Japan sinks, like the, uh, the story follows this, uh, family, the, the Muto family, which is actually interesting in another sense because they are a mixed race family. Um, the mom is an immigrant from the Philippines and the role of race and immigration plays heavily into the story. And you see elements of like hyper-nationalism popping up of racism, popping up. Like there's at least one instance of a guy who's like very excited to be the first fist of the North star punk and is suitably like destroyed by surprise martial arts. Uh, the but it also you know it, it it maintains its like basic faith in humanity, uh, and it it presents a lot of uh, a lot of scenarios that are meant to create tension. Like at one point, they find refuge in uh, Shan City, which is basically a. Uh, like an intentional community set up around a like sort of marijuana fueled mystic cult. Uh, And if it was any other post-apocalyptic show, you're just waiting for the turn of like, Oh, these people are like Nazis or these people are cannibals. And well, there is like a darkness underlying some of it. It's a very human darkness where like some of the people in the higher ups want to steal the money and run off with it. But the basic humanity of like, you know, of everybody there is maintained and like the, you know, even as you know, it starts falling apart as things in post-apocalyptic fiction is want to do. They, you know, it, the show is mostly about like the, those things that are important, the things that keep us together. And it's, very like it's very pro-humanity it's very pro-unity with like you know people across borders people across like religions people across cultures in a very like a very refreshing and hopeful way especially given the setting um the ending because the whole show is not just like a grinding bummer like has to do some like pretty wild stuff to like get a happy ending in the end. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep that to uh, you know, I'll leave that for a surprise for people. Cause it's not super important, but the, you know, th- the willingness of the show to do this, but also to be like utterly ruthless with the cast is makes it for like a very harrowing intense show, but also I, I got a lot out of it and I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, I I mostly know it because uh, when I was doing reading for uh, episode sixty six, big man suit about kaiju, Susan Napier's article um, talks about Godzilla, Akira, and uh, and uh, Japan sinks the nineteen seventy three movie that was made in the same year as the novel was published. Mm. uh, As the three, as the three, the fifties, the seventies, and the nineties, as like. Japan's evolving understanding of like society ending cataclysms. Um, So that's how I mostly know about it from, but it definitely seems to, it was a very, it was a huge smash hit um, in, in, in Japan, both the novel and the, and the movie. And then when it was brought over to America, it was of course given a, a bunch of shit was cut out of it. Um, uh, A new character was added just by cutting in sh- shots in america and they redubbed all of it very to like change a lot of the plot points and it was a flop and that was one of the i mean it's a typical thing of movie studios being like well they don't like japanese movies because mm-hmm. they didn't like this one one that we changed everything <laughs> with oh well so that was so so in america it's largely just a sign of of like the the like disdain for foreign cinema continuing to like slow down that that cinema's adoption in america mm-hmm. but uh but yeah it's 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 a beloved uh it's a beloved story um and it definitely kind of is is the like birth the birth of of like pessimistic disaster movies i feel like where you don't get to win and the island sinks mm-hmm. so yeah 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 well i would you so would you recommend it to people?
1: I would recommend if it they, to-
0: even if they don't like disaster movies. Um
1: they I would recommend it to people <laughs> with a warning because it is very graphic and it is like it, it it's I wouldn't I would hesitate to call it disaster porn like it isn't there like the whole point of the show is not to show you terrible things happen to people but a lot of terrible things do happen to people and so if that is not something that you're going to be super into i would recommend maybe staying away but the whole thing is done with such uh such a humanity to it that i would say that i I would recommend it just based on that and also the brilliant direction of yuasa as well
2: um, Jeff, s- sorry for being a big old spoiler baby and ducking out of most of that conversation. Sorry, I but, said, um, put the hand up and I was like, like,
1: oh, Duncan wants to say something. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's like, um... The the big question I've 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 been like psyching myself up, up to watch this because the last show um, you asked to did for Netflix was Devilman Crybaby and that ended on a hell of a downer like oh, the yeah. end of Devilman Crybaby was was not gentle let, let's put it that way
1: I um, mean those I mean d- despite you know somewhat star- or uh, like superficially similar uh like set pieces the spirit behind devil man it's like because devil man is just it's pure id-driven exploitation like you know it's like you know it's it's violence and terror for fun and wallowing in bad feelings as catharsis whereas this show you know it features terrible things but as a backdrop for a fundamentally hopeful uh message in the end okay that's interesting
2: it's just, 'cause as you say like devilman Baby was like very as you say like it was like that ending was like the result of everything that had come before all this excess all this is um sort of violence and and stuff coming home to roost basically mm-hmm. like you you don't get to do all this stuff and there'd be no result to it whereas like. A, f- a show almost starting with that that thing that huge punishments like people will, like I, I think something like a lot of people are going through now is like okay like this horrible thing's happening to our generation like what did we do to deserve this and the answer is <laughs> nothing but they happen anyway and that, like I wondered if there was like something of that to to, to Japan Sinks
1: like I would say that mostly no, because like it it was framed as a purely uh, natural phenomenon. It's just like, you know, we live in a cold, unfeeling universe, terrible things happen, we barely matter in the grand scheme of things, except to each other and no. you know dis- but- you know despite there being you know these terrible events you know what keeps us together is you know our bonds and our shared memory and our culture and that's ultimately the message of the show uh, yeah. even though like the yeah. physical manifestation of Japan sinks it you know it still manages to live on
0: Okay. Yeah, I think the message at the end, at least in the movie and the book, is like Japan lives on its people, and that's mm-hmm. and that's 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 the thing you need to save. Although, at least at least at least in the movie, they try to save a lot of like cultural artifacts. That's one of the big side plots is trying to like save like all these like important historical and cultural artifacts. That
1: yeah that so I don't know maybe Duncan wants to take his headphones oh, no. back off again. So <laughs> the the last couple of episodes, um, you know, just by pure happenstance, the. The characters, you know, come across the uh, the scientist who is, you know, sort of like shown in, you know, as, you know, random, you know, news conferences that are happening on TV in the background of this guy, like frantically trying to tell people Japan is going to sink. And everybody's like, nah, this guy's crazy. Uh, But, you know, he's he's got the work to prove it. And he's also been working to, like, build this big archival database of like basically scraping all social media and cultural artifacts to try and preserve something digitally. Um, And the last few episodes are them trying to get to his, uh, uh, his laboratory, which he had purposely built on the last place that would sink according to his, uh, to his predictions, uh, as well as a bunch of data that shows like when Japan is going to arise again over the next hundred years or so, uh, which also allows, uh, the, like you know, the, the notion of the country to survive and not have all of its like coastlines and islands gobbled up by China and the U.S. and everything else. Uh, and so you know they, you know, part of, a big part of it is like saving the idea of Japan. And the end of it is the uh, the 2028 Olympics with survivors of the the disaster, which include you know notably a lot of you know. Foreign-born Japanese people who have dual citizenships choosing to represent Japan in the Olympics. Uh, oh, that's cute. And it's and like yeah, like it 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 manages to have like the super happy ending without there being some dumb subplot where they like drive a nuclear bomb into <laughs> the substrata to stop Japan from sinking or something dumb like that. Find the earthquake count- canceller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that the hard-nosed realism is what appealed to people in the 70s mm-hmm. and it's good that they that that Yuasa of all people kept kept that hard-nosed realism cuz it's not something I associate with him. Well, I mean,
1: so. in his adaptation of Devilman Crybaby. He he stayed true to the spirit of it even with his updates. And like and of course it being a Yuasa thing, they have this like like weird like rap battle at one point where they, you know, Sitting in a in a hot spring and like it that part was kind of cringy, unfortunately, and like that was the one part that my wife was in the room for, and she's like, "I don't want to watch this show," and it's like, "No, you might actually like this one. It's it's animation. It's not just anime." Please, that's a
2: possible title: animation, not anime.
0: <laughs> Threading the needle on on something that does not need to, yeah, yeah. All. Um, Right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up there. For the next episode, we will be discussing OPs and EDs, the most important part of an anime. <laughs> uh, so, we're going to talk about how they're made, how they're like what's what's different or interesting about them. Talk about our favorites. That sort of thing. Uh, but in the meantime, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Find us on Twitter, Keyframes Pod. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Email us questions, keyframespodcast@gmail.com, at gmail.com. And, of course, tell a friend full stop. Nothing else beyond that word.
1: <laughs>
0: <sighs> Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, goodbye. goodbye. That was hey. a good one. Ta-da!